Welcome to episode six of For Ref's Sake, Northamptonshire's number one referee and podcast. I'm joined again by my good friend Luke Scott. Hello. We have got our special guest this evening. We have got Bev Strong, referee friend, all the way from Bedfordshire, but we don't hold that against her. We've also got two new features, but we'll share those in a moment. So stay tuned and listen on to For Ref's Sake, episode six. Fade out of the music. Did you like that, Luke? Uh, I'll be honest, at, at my end, the music's a little bit quiet, so uh, it was already quite low. <laughs> so, um, Luke and I have spent a whole day together since eight o'clock this morning. We've been literally joined at the hip, haven't we? Uh, yeah, apart from when that kid broke his finger. We don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't our fault. So, uh, yeah, so this morning uh, we we uh, met up and we went down to uh, Montside School in Rothwell for the latest edition of the North Hans FA refereeing course. Um, refereeing course number, big number, um, of the season. And so we've got 25 new referees uh, that have been unleashed in the refereeing community. Not all from North Hans because we do tend to have some people come from um, other counties as well obviously recognising that we are the best tutor team <laughs> yeah you, you could you, you could read it in that way but no it was, it was a successful course um, once again we had uh, 23 ish 22 or 23 people who um, will be refereeing youth football which is still a concern uh, we had uh, two or three adults on the course at me as well um, who, you know, one from Middleton Cheney. So a big shout out to Paul from Middleton Cheney. Whoop, whoop. And, and I think also Paul will be, will be gladly received by the, by the Northampton GFA, uh, referee appointment officers. Cause that's, that's an area where we don't have that many referees. So he, he will be busy. And also if they don't have a lot of Wi-Fi, so hopefully he'll pick up his emails. <laughs> Well, no, it, it was good. And we, we were joined by refereeing royalty, weren't we? Oh, uh, I mean, you know, to, to get to get someone of... of I'm not going to reveal the name yet because I know you want to do that, but to, to get someone of that calibre along to a referee course, um, th- th- yeah, is, is great for the candidates to, to be able to speak to someone like that and, and hear their experiences. No, we can we can name him. I mean, he was. He did say that um, he expected uh, you to bring your trumpet with you to give him the fanfare as he, as he walked in, but <laughs> that didn't happen. So yeah, we had the one and only uh, Dean Whitestone with us, didn't we? All all day. Uh, yeah, I mean, unbelievable shift from him. Yeah, um, yeah, from from right from the start all the way to the end, uh, and even stayed for a little chat afterwards, which was nice. And it cost it cost me a quid, which I wasn't very happy about. It'll be gone on the expenses. Um, because the the game of collect as many cones as you can was won by his uh, six-year-old daughter who collected a lot of cones and it cost me a packet of Harry Bowles, didn't it? Yeah, well, I think that's a pound well spent because there was a lot of cones to collect. There was. That was from your positioning uh, exercise where you tried to um, wear out the uh, the candidates by running up and down the field of play a lot, let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, well, it didn't work, did it? Because they still caused chaos in the afternoon, so... I thought they were good. I mean, that's one of the best groups we've had for a long time, you know, in terms of um, movement around the old FOP and you know getting involved and and talking and stuff. So it, it was it was a good it was a good course, um, and I believe we've got another one coming up in two weeks' time as well. So you know we keep um, we keep uh, you know bashing them out, and we must have about a thousand referees in Northamptonshire now. Well, that's the sad thing, mate. We don't, you know. I think you know we're we're pushing we're probably pushing 500 now um 
which looking back a few years that that used to be the that you that used to be the sort of baseline whereas now that's that's what we're achieving after all of these courses so um yeah i mean times have changed of course they have but uh yeah we we want to try and get back to to where we were so absolutely right one of the, one of the things that we, we we discussed today one of the um candidates paul from middleton cheney we're going to call him um he was talking about uh his um his strive striver strava stats yeah yes and he was talking about how far he because he's been doing some um what he termed as volunteering uh in the refereeing community uh on a league that side of our county and he was talking about how far he runs in in games and stuff and i saw a post on social media this after uh, this this afternoon i think it was um from another referee in the county who has been doing kind of like nine to ten k a game at grassroots kind of level. That seems like a lot of running. Yeah. Uh, I mean, particularly uh, to, for me, if the, the amount, the amount that you run in a game is obviously dependent on the quality of the game. Now, um, grassroots, grassroots, I, I can understand how somebody can run that much because, you know, typically it's going to be a long ball, long ball tactic. Um, and that, that can mean that, that you are doing more distance if you if you if you genuinely do try your best to keep up and follow that but the more economical of us would probably say that with with those types of games you just try and gauge where the ball's going to drop and um and and do your best to get there but you know I, I think Dean made Dean made the point this afternoon when when you asked him the question around how far he runs um it, it's all it's all more short sharp bursts with him and trying to make sure that they're, they're in the right position to make the decision. And uh, that doesn't always mean that you're going to be running 10 K. I think, I think Dean mentioned that his, his average was probably around eight or nine K. I think he said, Wayne. Yep. Correct. Um, which is a bit more than what I'm doing these days. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, uh, what about yourself? What, you know, on your contrib middles, what, what you're looking at? Again, you know, eight, eight K. Um, and I'm fair. I seem to be fairly consistent at the minute. I'd say between eight and eight and a half k. It, it, it's it's never it's never over eight and a half k. Um, so yeah, I mean maybe I am lazy. I don't know. Um, but that's that's where that's where I'm pitching it. And I, I never I never feel like I'm too far detached from play. Um, but again, you know, even even at contrib, you notice the difference between step three and step four. Um, you, you, you know, st- the top of step three tends to be more of the the sort of high end football that that we would expect a bit further up the ladder, and uh, but, but then you move into step four, and it, it it does get a little bit closer to that supply league and below sort of long ball approach. So it it, it does vary from whether you're doing as a, as a level three, whether you're doing a step three game or a step four game. Interestingly, um, a text. Um... My mate Smithy, Josh Smith, you know, name dropping here, who's coming to the RA uh, next month, and he reckons he does about ten k as well. But okay, uh, so it's interesting that there's a bit of a uh, a bit of differentiation there between you know referees at the same level. So um, yeah, I said I think like ten k is a lot, isn't it? It's like that's, that sounds like a lot of <laughs> is a lot of running. Uh, it sounds like a lot of running in a football match, but. Um, each their own, I guess. Um, I, when I was on the Southern League, I was doing probably eight to nine k. I'm not anymore. I think that might be down to old age, and uh, <laughs> and an experience because you can, you know, you, you know what's going to happen sometimes in these games, don't you? It's kind of all oh, right. I can give that decision from thirty yards away and probably get away get away with it a little bit. Yeah, I think that there is there is an element of that, but I think that is that's particularly at level three now that's deteriorating because we we all have the fear of God put in us when we go to these training training evenings with Dan Mason where um it's 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 a bit like clip roulette. Um, you know, so so many games are filmed uh, at at the contrib level now and, and Dan Mason likes to use contrib clips for, for contrib referee training evenings and it's like, oh God, um am I am I gonna be featured or am I not? And one of their one of their favorite phrases at the minute is and I say at the minute it will continue to be um is is about 
if they pause if they pause that video is the referee in shot and you can understand why they do that because that kind of suggests whether the referee's got a credible position or not and um yeah god forbid you're one of you're one of those referees where they they pause it and you're not in shot because everyone in the room just just lays into you basically i mean unlucky or whatever you want to call it um we have to run the full length of the pitch there's a seamless link coming up here some people only have to run half the length of the pitch which brings us on to our our ginger <laughs> friend i <laughs> see i don't know um stuart stuart burt it is genuinely it has been brilliant today just to see um and the last couple of days really the social media posts um that he had his first world cup game today for a lad from Kingsthorpe who used to play cricket with me down at Dallington Park. That's a big achievement. I mean, fair play to him. And hats off to you, Stuart. I know you listen to this podcast because you text us literally every day about it. But, you know, massive respect to you for, you know, you're on the main stage. Well done to you. Yeah, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Um, You're quite right, Wayne. And frustratingly for for me and you and Dean... um, we weren't able to watch the game today, but um, from from what I've from what I've heard from our social media director who did watch the game, um, apparently it went well. Um, and I also follow Mike Dean on Instagram. If 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 you don't do that, you should do that because that's good. But um, Mike Dean on Instagram also said that the game was safely delivered. So um, yeah, sounds like it all went well, and um, I'm I'm going to try and catch up on the highlights a little bit later on. Yeah, so we, we we did try and uh, come up with a a song, a tune to reflect the um, you know the importance of you, Stuart. But we just can't we can't find one just yet. We I know James Campbell suggested Pigeon Street, which would uh, ruled out the majority of the demographic of this uh, podcast <laughs> because even you didn't know what it was. Uh, well, I, Horner, to it. I didn't have a I didn't have a clue what was going on, so yeah, we opted out of that one. <laughs> Daryl Horner suggested something by Tim Minchin about gingers, and uh, you know, we we ruled that one out as well because it, it did go on <laughs> for a long time when we listened to it. It was funny, but it did drag on, yeah, yeah. So um, we'll put it out there again this week, uh, and we'll, we'll try and we'll try and you know, we're hopeful that you're going to get another game, Stu. So we'll uh, we'll save it for the ne- for the next big game that you get. Um, another thing I wanted to another thing I wanted to, uh, to say is that um, you know it's been another good week of refereeing. So um, Anthony Taylor also got a game coming up, so it, it's all good. Um, yeah, Di- I think that's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. As Dino was saying, he's he's still being kept busy uh, doing games, and I thought he was going to go and hold it for a month or something, but that wasn't happening. Um, no. But uh, we've got two new features. Okay, so feature number one, Luke, is called um, Six of the Best. So I've got six okay. questions um, for an unnamed referee. And uh, they, we're going to have a little leaderboard. Our social media director is going to give us a little leaderboard to see who is the cleverest referee in North Ants. Uh, she's working on, on it as we speak. And the second feature is... It's all about you, ref. Okay, so this one is about um, we're gonna just call randomly call a referee. They don't know we're gonna call them. You know, I've got this uh, well-designed machine that allows me to do that, and we're gonna ask them twenty questions between us, and we're gonna get to know a, a referee in Northamptonshire. Okay. That that sounds that sounds high risk. Calling them unannounced from your number. Um, <laughs> there's no guarantee they're gonna answer. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just um, I'll just ring Harley up, and I know she'll answer. I mean, she might not be able to answer some of the some of the questions because about some of them are about refereeing, but we'll go with that. Um, now, moving on to something um, I really do want to talk about is, and I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and, and somebody mentioned to me last week as well, is that it's about football community, and it's, uh, it's kind of like a serious matter because I do worry about where football will be, particularly at grassroots level in 20, you know, 10, 15, 20 years time. Because as we had Tony Major on the show last week, we spoke, didn't we, about, you know, him having, you know, dedicated 60 years of his life to football in, 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 in the county and and what have you. And I was down at Whitworth's yesterday um, doing an NFA Junior Cup game. 
um, for Harley, as you, you know, and I was, I was there with the, um, the Goods brothers, you know, Vic and yeah, Martin, yeah, yeah. they were there. And we were talking about, um, you know, places like Cookno with Derek and who's been there for, you know, X number of years, Mick Walden at Wellingborough, um, you know, the people at Ron's, they've been there for many, many years as well. And it brings us to, it brought us, because we were talking about Jerry, weren't we? Jerry Lucas at, at Corby Townage. Yeah. Um, if you've not heard, uh, the, the sad news this week has been that he passed away um, after a relatively short illness this week. And, um, you know, the out kind of outpouring of just, you know, gratitude from people and, you know, on social media and things has been, it's been brilliant. And, you know, we've, I've known Jerry for like 20 years plus. I can remember going back, you know, when I first started refereeing and Corby Town had a, a reserve team in, in whatever league it was. I think it was the combination or something in those days. And he's been around for a long time, dedicated from what I've been told from Corby Town, 50 years to that, to that club. Um, you know, obviously it's really, really sad. But I think we also, like James Campbell said a few weeks ago, it's just recognising the contribution that they've made to football um, in our county particularly has been, you know, you can, can't underestimate it at all. No, not at all. And, um, you know, the the news about Jerry this week was, was, was really sad to hear. Um, I think even, even now, um, you know, you go, you go to Corby town, you know, this season, in the Northern Prem and it's a, it's a difficult place to go. Um, just, just because that's, that's kind of the way they want it really in terms of how they play their football and particularly with, with the fan base that they have, they, they don't make it easy for officials and they don't make it easy for the opposition. But what, what you always felt with Jerry was, was very welcome. Um, whether it's in the boardroom before the game, whether it's in the boardroom after the game, he would always um, always make you feel very welcome and look after you as well as he possibly could. And yeah, he, he's he's going to be he's going to be a great loss to to the North Hans football community definitely. Um, and you know the point the point you make about um, other other clubs in, and the, the clubs that you've mentioned, you're thinking, well, where's where where is the next generation coming from? Um, I think Corby. Corby are feeling that a little bit now in 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 this in this time after after Jerry's passing, they're thinking, well, what what do we do now? And they they should be okay. They they've got they've got some good candidates to come in and 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 cover that role. So they're in a fortunate position in that sense. But it's it's not a it's not a void that's going to be filled easily. No, and one thing one job they will have to fill is the job of Tanoy Tanoy announcer because he was one of the best. One of the best. <laughs> and we were talking this afternoon, weren't we, um, about uh, this last summer, this summer just, cut, just gone, really, um, where um, he was uh, he was on the Otano for the uh, NDYAL finals. And uh, <laughs> one of the teams was just about to come up. Because I went down to watch, because Parkland Tigers were there, and I went down to watch, and he, um, he welcomed the losers coming up. And I was like, oh, you can't say that. He was, But he was old school, you know, he, he was... Okay, he wasn't doing it, you know, with any malice at all. And you know, someone said to him, well, we, "We don't call them losers anymore. We call them runners up or finalists and things like that." So, I, he was a le- an absolute legend. Um, you know, I've, I've said I've, I've known him for twenty years, and and if I watched, I looked on Twitter um, from the tweets that people were putting. Not a bad word was said. Everybody was like, nah. "What." A great guy, you know. Always felt, you know, welcomed my family with players saying, "Yeah, welcome my family to come along," and always checked how we were and stuff. And that was the kind of guy he was. And you know, there w- there will be some kind of legacy um, dedicated to him, and and rightly so. Um, I know. I think it's next week they're playing at home, and and the program is going to be dedicated to him. So I'm hoping we can get a copy and uh, potentially also there could be somebody just popping on for two or three minutes to come and chat about. Uh, him in more detail from Corby next week, so fingers crossed for that. Yeah, I think I think they're playing Harbour Town, um, so a big, big sort of local local game, and um, the perfect the perfect one to be dedicated to Jerry. Absolutely. So you know, our thoughts go to everybody at Corby Town, and, and of course to his family as well. Um, so 
you know, thank you, Jerry, for your contributions to local football, Northamptonshire football, and you will be sadly missed. So welcome back to part two of For Ref's Sake. Our next feature, Luke, is it's all about you, Ref. Good. So now oh, we're going to try and ring this referee up and we're going to ask him 20 questions and we're going to get to know this referee. Me and you know this referee really well. Is it is it like them them competitions you're on the radio where you have, they have to answer within five rings? Yeah, I think so. Good. Let me Let me try. Hopefully he doesn't use foul language. This is a clean podcast. Hello? 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 You're live on For Ref's Sake, the podcast of <laughs> Northamptonshire <laughs> refereeing. Oh, dear. Right. So please don't swear, because this is a clean okay. podcast, okay? so a very, a very clean podcast. So basically, um, you're the first ever feature in this new event we're calling. Um, it's all about you, Ref. So me and Luke, or Luke and I, if you want to use the proper grammar, um, we're going to ask you 20 questions, okay? And you, just questions like that you're going to know the answer to. Is that all right? Uh, I hope it's nothing about law, because I won't know the answer nah, to that. Nah, it's nothing about refereeing, mate. It's much more interesting than that. Cause... <laughs> right. Also, also, Rob, I'm not sure you should have admitted that you wouldn't have known the answer to no, that. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I've just realised that. <laughs> right, so I'm going to go first. Luke's going to go second. We might embellish the questions a little bit. Are you, are you ready? Okay. Right, so question one, Luke. Uh, Luke, are you ready, Luke? Yeah. Question I'm, one I'm is, really ready, yeah. I'm excited about this. How long have you been refereeing? 15 years. Long time. Yeah, long time. Um, Rob, I'm a little bit concerned about this next question um, because it, okay. I'm, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you what your favourite book is. My favourite book? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, do we do books? <laughs> you can say the laws of the game if you want. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll go with the laws of the game. We'll go with that one. Okay, question number three. What is your best refereeing moment? Best refereeing moment? Uh, getting selected to go to the Dallas Cup. I don't what? know if you, I've mentioned it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Dallas? <laughs> Who did you go with? Yeah, it was a really good tournament. Yeah, I, just probably you know, a really group, good group of lads, wasn't it? Some guy called Luke was there as well. Good bloke, I've heard. Very good bloke. Question yeah. four, please, Luke. Question four. Sorry, yeah. Um, Rob, I'm I'm now going to ask you for your worst refereeing moment, please. Dallas Cup, me and Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, getting asked to run the line to Luke in the closing game of the Dallas Cup. Oh, we'll say that all day long. <laughs> right, question number five, Rob. Uh, what is your favourite food? Favourite food? Um... Chicken? I mean, we're not looking, you know, you don't have to ask us, you can have chicken as your favourite food, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going chicken, I'm going chicken. Number six, Luke. Uh, Rob, I'm, I'm going to ask you for your favourite drink now. Uh, I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask <laughs> yeah. it anyway. Uh, anything with, with any beer, I'm going to say. <laughs> Athlete. Oh, what a surprise. <laughs> uh, question seven. Which song gets you going? And I'm talking about before a football match. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know who sings it, but what is it? The Carnival de Paris, the, the World Cup song. Is it that one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Number eight, Luke. Yeah, thanks for murdering that, Wayne. <laughs> um, Rob, your biggest influences now. I, I'm assuming we're referring to refereeing influences, but it doesn't have to be. If if you want to go deeper and talk about your life influences, that's absolutely fine. We'll we'll stick to refereeing. We'll we'll, we'll keep it relatable. Um, biggest influences. I don't know. I suppose you, you look around the county and there's quite a few, isn't there? You know, Stuart Burr, Andy Warmer, Chris Knowles. Those types of people, it's always more relatable, isn't it? When you can, you can see it and hear it from them. Very yeah. good. 
Good answer, good answer. Uh, it's amazing. Number nine. So, which football team do you support? Northampton. Which football team do you really support? <laughs> Northampton. I was a season to get older for years. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can take your Spurs shirt off now then. Um, <laughs> now, you need to think very carefully before you answer this next one. But um, we're going to ask you who who you think the best ginger referee is in Northamptonshire. Well, we've got a new one now, haven't we? <laughs> no, here, we here we go. No, he still lives in Leicestershire, <laughs> so, you know, look. Uh, well, uh, I suppose we've got to go. You, no, Andy Humphreys. Yeah! Very good. <laughs> How could I'm I forget him? How could that. I forget him? Right, question but, number 11. But, what was your funniest... Humpo, Humpo won't listen long enough for you to for him to hear that answer, by the way. It's my turn, by the way. <laughs> question 11. Will, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> funniest moment in football? Funniest moment in football? Um... I think perhaps being called a, an extremely rude name by the uh, England ladies captain. <laughs> we won't talk about that. We can't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 Rob, we'll move swiftly we'll, on to, we'll your favorite, to your favourite takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> Number 12. Favourite takeaway? Um, fish and chips. Ooh, I wasn't expecting that. 13. What is your favourite junction on the M1? Uh, junction 15, because it's home. <laughs> oh good that good. that's cute isn't it um, Rob do you have a nickname within football uh, not that I know of <laughs> <I'll> go... <laughs> well, I'll share that with you later then don't worry <laughs> number 15 okay, yeah. <laughs> what is your favourite type of music favourite type of music um, something dancey on loop uh, Rob rewinding uh, rewinding a few years uh, I would imagine now but what what is your favourite council pitch in Northamptonshire favourite council pitch um, the flat one on Kingsport Rec what was it pitch five on its own pitch five yeah Ooh. absolute classic good answer a lot of yeah. that yeah yeah. Near your house as well. Not that far from not far from home. Yeah, that is convenient, yeah. Um number seventeen. Dogs or cats? I'm talking about uh, you know, to, to pet to pet them, not to eat <laughs> to eat them. Yeah. <laughs> dog man. Yeah, definitely dogs. Got one myself. Luke, it's you. Eighteen. Rob. The best ground. What is the best ground that you have officiated at? I would say Villa Park. Very old school, very big, traditional, very nice place. Good. Right, this is a big question, uh, Rob, so you need to listen carefully to this one. Um, If you could choose three referees within Northamptonshire to be in your quiz team, who would they be? Quiz team. Uh, unfortunately, I'd have to say you, Wayne, because you do seem to be knowledgeable about a lot of things. Thanks, mate. Um, I'd probably go Chris Knowles again. Lots of pointless knowledge in there, I'd say. Um, third one. Does, does James Campbell still count as Northamptonshire? Can, can we go with that one? He counts, but he's not clever. <laughs> <laughs> but again, lots of point of knowledge. I can't believe you didn't uh, include John Clark in your team. How disappointing. Yeah, that's a good one. Forgot about John. Andy Johnson. Oh, God, yeah, I've missed the trick there. I'm not that without Andy Johnson. So it'll be me, John Clark, and Andy Johnson, basically. So you get rid of yeah. these two. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Uh, are we, uh, sorry, <laughs> we're John. overlooking the fact John, that anybody would want to be in Rob's quiz team. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Rob, final final question. Um, what is uh, sorry? Who is the best referee that you have had the pleasure of working with? The best referee I've worked with. Tough one, that. Um, yeah, well, we haven't got all night, mate. So you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go Andy Walmer. 
Whoa. I mean, Very he, relaxed. He doesn't buy many beers as well, but he definitely owes you one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you haven't been to the pub on a Friday in a while, mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's because I work so hard. Anyway, uh, Rob, thanks for joining us. Uh, you've been the first uh, recipient of the honour of being. Um, it's all about you, ref, and some interesting answers. So uh, get back to the old uh, I'm a celebrity, and we'll speak again soon. It's got five minutes until that starts. Yeah, just, just watching. Oh, the football just made me miss the end of the football. Oh. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So it is special guest time. We have got the one, the only Bev Strong from Potton United Football Club across the border in Bedfordshire. But Bev, as I said earlier, we're not going to hold that against you. Is that okay? That's fine. Thank you. So, don't. Thank you for joining us. Um, Luke and I were talking earlier about volunteering in football. Um, and I know you have volunteered and your family have volunteered at Potton United for I don't know how many years, but we're going to find that out. Um, how did you get into football um, volunteering in the first place? Well, I always loved football and started going along to watch a few games with my dad, who's been involved for many years. And as usual, somebody needs something doing and can't say no and just started doing a little bit and gradually increased the role over. I think I've been doing it for about 32 years now. So just yeah, doing a bit more each year. 32 years is a long old shift already. Um, a long while. <laughs> Far too long, probably. So, in regards to your family as well, because I know your mum and dad are involved at Potting as, as well, what are their roles? So, dad's club president now. He used to play years ago when he was obviously a lot younger. He actually refereed for a little bit as well, for about seven or eight years on the Cams League. And he was chairman as well. My mum only got involved a little bit after me um, because my sister went off to uni. My sister's a couple of years younger than me. And mum was like, why am I going to sit at home on my own on a Saturday afternoon? So she started coming along and gradually took over the hospitality, looking after the referees, as you well know, and the players by making her cakes. Now, I'm going to say this right now to Pauline. (laughs) Pauline makes a mean cake. And... Some would say, Luke, that, um, you know, I've been a little bit spoiled over the years going over to Potton. I mean, putting in orders for sausages that are more than 80% meat <laughs> content and uh, specifically asking for um, chocolate cake. I think that's okay. What do you think, Luke? Uh, I, yeah, I think you could say that you push your luck. Um, but I think we could also say that you know how far you can push your luck because you never get any pushback, do you? So uh, you, you ask, they deliver. That's the type of club Potton is, I guess. Fantastic, it is, it is. And, you know, you've had to invest and you have invested uh, a lot of time and a lot of money into your facilities because, let's be honest, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the podcast, but some of your facilities, or your facilities, in, in fact, are some of the best within Bedfordshire, for, for sure. We like to think so. Yes, it obviously does take a lot. We've had to change. We had a new stand when some nice person decided to set fire to the old one. I think it was about 2004, so we had to build the new stand. Um, Yeah, we have had to do quite a lot to keep up just where the FA keep pushing the boundaries and what facilities we actually have to have to play at the level. You know, sort of I think it was about nine, ten years ago when they built in ground grading and... We had to then buy, oh, find that lovely porter cabin you get given as a referee because the referee's room wasn't big enough. It's a, it's interesting because um, you've kind of yo-yoed, haven't you, in between the United Counties League and, the, and you're in the Spartan League now. Um, but you've always had a, a, a nice reputation, a, a really positive reputation amongst North Ants officials. Um, why do you think that is? I don't really know, actually, and I really can't remember how it all started. I think it's just obviously that got to know people over the years, and that's the one thing with the Spartan. Obviously, I, I don't quite know as many officials as I do in the UCL. Um, I think it's just really because I've been doing it so long. You just build up a rapport, 
um, with certain officials. You know, you can have a bit of banter with some. You know, there are certain others that you can't. And it's just, yeah, just probably the length of time I've been doing it that has got that rapport. And, yeah, we just like to make them feel welcome. As my mum always says, she likes to treat people as, as she likes to be treated. So that's why we try and make the opposition fairly welcome, not too welcome, because we obviously want to still beat them, but the officials we like to make ever so welcome. So I guess, Bev, with with the, you know, we've, we've made made a few jokes about Wayne and his ridiculous demands in terms of percentage of meat in sausages and et cetera. But um, <laughs> I, I guess it's fair to say that regardless of whether you know the officials, the the, the treatment is always the same. Absolutely, yeah. They always get nice food at the end. There was they always get cakes. I have to say, so more recent years, not always homemade, unless you know we really have to look after them. <laughs> but no, we yeah we do we treat all officials the same, and we like to make sure they enjoy coming to Potton. Great. Yeah, obviously you're a very kind person, Bev, and uh, I'd just like to apologise right now for our performance in the um, Team Daisy versus Nine for Nora match um, <laughs> earlier why, on this why year. Why would you bring that up? Um, where, I mean, we yeah. went into that we'll dressing room. We'll forget about that one. No, we went into the dressing room. We've got all these lovely spots, like these lights all around the dressing room, what have you. It's like, oh, this is, this is the business. This is why we, um, you know, we, we've, we've come down this way to, and our performance, Luke, I mean, <laughs> I can't even describe how bad it was. <laughs> I, I mean, think in uh, all fairness Nine Fedora did have a few people that do actually play ringers, football fairly regularly ringers. <laughs> Team Daisy had one did you amongst yourselves Ross I'm going to tag you in this, in this podcast you brought some ringers you told me you weren't very good you were a liar <laughs> yeah uh, I mean I was speaking I was speaking to Matt Paul about this yesterday because he, he was he was on my line um, I definitely should have got sent off <laughs> and um, I just if uh, on the off chance that whoever was on a receiving end of one of my tackles is listening I do apologise wholeheartedly however going back to refereeing um, the first half referee um, Rob Evans was outrageously bad he should stick to holding a flag I got I got um, I got assaulted and I was very angry <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's the one that should have sent me off. I mean, I did that horror tackle in the first half, and I mean that that was definitely a red card, and he didn't even book me. Let's be sure he's mate. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't tell him. <laughs> no one knows that. So going back to refereeing him because this is you know a refereeing podcast. Yeah. What we spoke to Tony about this, Tony Major last week. Um, what do you think makes a good referee? I think communication is the biggest key point somebody who actually talks to the players and no they know then what is why he's made those decisions I'm not saying explain every single decision but I just think communication is the biggest key and consistency you know we all see we all have opinions we all see things differently but as, even if a referee is poor if he's consistently giving the same decisions that's you you accept it because that's how he's seeing them I just think it's when he gives it one thing for one. We had an issue yesterday. We were at Dunstable Town. Their players were in the referee's face the whole of the first half. So I think our management told the players to get round the referee. First time our player did it, he got Simbin for dissent. Whereas oh. there'd been a couple of them screaming at the referee the whole first half. And I just think, again, you know, it's consistency. I, I, I can't disagree with either of those points, Bev. And I... Interestingly for me, um, I, had a, I, had an, I had an experience yesterday, which I'm, I'm keen to run by you in terms of your perspective from a, from a club point of view. Um, because the first half, not, not a lot happened to be fair, but they, the, the away team uh, came, in, came into my change room at half-time and wanted to ask questions about levels of consistency and, and things like that, which was fine. I was happy to talk about. Um, but he wasn't very happy in terms of the manager. So start the second half. Just before we kicked off, I went over and I started talking to some of the away team players. Um, and I just said to them, look, your gaffer's coming. He's not very happy. You boys, what are your thoughts? The players, they seemed happy. They, they, they said to me, they were like, well, no, we're quite happy with, with how, how it's going. Um, we haven't got any issues with you. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, no issues there. And, and then that just, that just got me thinking. It's like, well, 
obviously the managers see see what they want to see. The players, that's that's who we mainly interact with as referees. But those club secretaries and and people behind the scenes, is there at Potton? Because that's obviously the only way that the only club you can speak for. But is there, in terms of the way the club marks are distributed, is it is it purely on the club secretary point of view, or would it be from a consultation with players or managers or or whatever? Generally, it's my I mark the referee. I have to say, I find it harder to mark the referee now. We do it via Moas as opposed to just giving a mark out of a hundred, because also when somebody else does if I miss the game it's very hard for them to say you know give them six points where they need to mark out of um yes the referee or the management will often perhaps come and say if they think the referee is particularly good or if they're particularly bad they've turned around and say you know give me their opinion and I'll take some on board but generally yeah I do it on my own back really because I've seen the game I probably am a little bit more unbiased. Yes, I am probably still biased towards Potter, obviously, but I'm probably a little bit more unbiased than the management and players, the way they feel about it. Because sometimes one decision can actually totally affect the way that the management and players view the referee for that whole game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, Would you, uh, again, this is all speculation, but do do you think that would be similar across most clubs at at your level or... Or is it? Can you can you pinpoint certain clubs where you think actually no, it will be it will be dictated by the manager or or the I think there are quite a lot, possibly more UCL than SML, where you don't get the club secretaries don't go with the team, especially when you've got like a reserve team and a small right. club, Long Buckby, for example. Very few of their committee ever travel away because right. some of them have to stay at home. So then it is probably down to the management to actually do it um yeah i would say half and half a lot of it is the club secretaries um or a club official who's at the game and responsible for the paperwork but i would say yeah there are probably a fair few managers that also do do the marking um you know our our development team which play at step seven in spartan div two they mark the referee themselves because of course, yeah. I'm never you there. can't be everywhere, can you? Yeah. yeah, can't be everywhere. And yeah, they often, they do mark a referee. And I think they're quite honest and open about it. Generally, you know, they've given a couple of 61s this season. But yesterday they asked me to give a 98. I was like, blimey. Wow. <laughs> and, we, and we only drew. Well, yeah. We didn't even win that one. So. It, it wasn't me there, Luke, either. What's Wayne doing down there? Uh, I, I wouldn't accept uh, an ACA from Potton. You know, they're honest. Um, depend, doesn't really results results might depend a little bit. That's a really good question, actually, because you know the reason why we invited you on, Bev, is, is to get that kind of club secretary perspective. Um, I know when I said to you about coming on here, you're like, why do you want me to come on? Um, <laughs> But you know that it's a, it, that's the whole thing, isn't it? The process of marking referees is, and I know on the Southern League now you can see the marks, can't you? I'm not yeah, sure about the UCL, you, but no, even, you can yeah, at even step at, five as well UCL. now. Now we mark yeah. via Moas. The ref, and I only know this because the ref, uh, referee a few weeks ago had to follow up after his visit and he turned around and said to me, thank you for the mark. And I was like, oh shit, <laughs> he can see a good mark. Sorry, I shouldn't have sworn. Uh, <laughs> you said, well, yeah, he can see a, No, I thought you said, oh, mark, I think she said, oh shit. They're going to see a bad mark. <laughs> the first I person. Bit, I don't know if that's a good thing, because if you get that referee six weeks later and you've given them quite a bad mark, I... Don't know whether it views a referees, whether a re- you know would change your opinion if you go the team you went to yesterday. If they gave you a bad mark, if you went back in four weeks' time, would you be a little bit apprehensive yeah. about them? Yeah, I think I think that's that's a really good point from from a club's perspective, Bev. And I think it's but the the way the way the system is now in terms of us being able to see that information, I think it's probably the transparency that referees have wanted um, because. In the past, arguably, it was too easy for clubs to come into the changing room post-match and say, yeah, no, you, you've had a good game, don't worry about it. Yeah, everything's spot on. But then just chuck a, a, a 50 or right. a 60. And, and, and there's, there's almost no accountability. Right. Um, okay. Whereas at least now, if the clubs know that, that you're going to see the mark, we're not, we're not 
we're not idiots. We know that there's going to be decisions that are going to um, polarise polarise the, the people that we're, we're refereeing. So some will think it's a great decision, some will think it's a terrible decision, that's fine. But all, all we want really is is for, if they've got an issue, for them to come and have a chat with us. Yeah. And and I think if, if clubs are doing that in the right way and, and coming in and saying, actually, do you know what, I'm, I'm not sure about that decision. You know, in my in my trophy game a couple of weeks ago, I had, we had a, a dogzo decision. I went, I went yellow. I didn't think it was an obvious goal scoring opportunity. Concord came in and he said, "Well, look, I'm going to have to watch it back." Um, I, at the time, I thought it was a red card, but he listened to my explanation as to why I went yellow, and he said, "Look, I'm going to watch it back, and then I'll mark you." And he was, he was open and honest about that. And right, if, yeah. if if he if he watches that footage back and he thinks it's a red card then I, I can't complain when he puts in a low mark because I understand it was a decision that probably could have gone probably could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, but I think the place we're at now is is a much more positive one from a refereeing point of view because it, it puts the onus on the clubs to, to raise an issue if they have one. And yeah. Yeah. You can view that two ways. You can view that as um, inviting conflict. But I think that the, the referees have to take responsibility and, and understand that what we do is is going to invite an element of criticism um yeah. however however we go about our jobs um and and we've got to be realistic in that and i think it, it it puts the onus back on the referee to make sure they're dealing with that in the right way because if you can in the same way that we would be expected to talk around an observer if an observer comes in and questions a certain decision we would try and justify it i think it should be the same process with a club official if they come in and say right uh, I'm not sure about that decision. We we should be able to stand our ground in in trying to justify it, but also not lie to them, not fabricate what happened, but just be honest in in what we saw and, and our thought process. Doesn't necessarily mean we're right. Yeah, no, exactly. But that, that's that's kind of where we're at, I think, and I think that's a more positive environment, particularly from a referee's point of view. But I do understand it from a club's point of view. Yeah, and also I think it's just a little bit harder, whereas you had that number to give you know you know 100 we were always told for a club marks 80 is average what a referees expected I know observer markings different um so we basically could mark it around then if you give 60 or under we used to have to put in a report on why we'd given 60 um or 50 or whatever and why the, that reason was but um yeah by marking it in categories obviously it's a little bit harder with actually thinking each thing through and makes us think about it a little bit more, really. Yeah. So just just to explain that process to people that aren't a part of it, Bev, you, you no longer you no longer give a numerical mark, do you? You just have to tick sort of standard expected above standard in, That's in it. Yeah, three or you've got four like, different I think categories. Seven boxes across, really. And it's on like yeah. communication, judgment on major decisions, overall decision making, fitness. So and, and, then, and then the system just generates a mark. So you don't really know. You don't really ever know what mark you're giving. You just tick the relevant boxes with yes. what you think. Yeah, we haven't got a clue what mark. Um, yeah. And if you give very poor or very good, you have to put an exclamation or an explanation on why you've given. So even if you say fitness, somebody who is very say young, fit, who covers the whole pitch really well, you have to actually put that why. You can't just give them excellent. I don't yeah. understand like, like yeah. that. That, that that box that box should be deleted. But I'll be honest, Wayne. It should be quite easy to justify why your positioning and fitness is very poor. Why? <laughs> what are you saying? No, sorry. Let's move on. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really interesting to hear. Genuinely, it was really interesting to hear. So, you know, thanks for joining us, Bev. Um, I've got to leave you now because um, my curry's just arrived. <laughs> just arrived. <laughs> Priorities. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, but it, genuinely, it was really interesting to hear that. And um, I didn't realise that you know people don't see their marks now. You know, we've got we've no. moved on, haven't we, from the uh, piece of paper and um, fill, filling your own marks in. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, not going to talk about that too much. Yeah, filling your own marks in on um, <laughs> on, on, on things. Um, but yeah. It was lovely for you for for us to talk to you, and uh, I know that um, we're going to go. And, I'm going to go and watch. Um, I'm a celebrity now, uh, so uh, same as <laughs> keep up keep up the good work, Luke. Anything else to say? 
No, no good. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed the chat. Um, Wayne, enjoy your curry. And Bev, thanks for your time. Appreciate that. Okay. Thank you very much. Right. Take care. Bye. Hello, Joe. Hi, Wayne. Can Great you hear me? Podcast. Oh, you loud and clear. Fantastic. So, this is called um, the uh, top six. The six of the best questions. Got a long title. So I'm going to ask you six <laughs> questions. You can, um, there's two things in here. You can do a joke around so you can get double points. Uh, and you can ask, also ask Luke. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can. Uh, Joe, I wouldn't do that, to be honest with you, mate. But he, if you're really struggling, I'll do my best. He doesn't know the questions. <laughs> so we're going to have a little leaderboard. Our social media director, she's already on it. Um, so there's six, as I said, six questions. Are you ready? I'm ready, mate. Let's go. Right. So... Question number one is general knowledge. Would you like to play your joker just yet, or are you going to save it up? I'm going to save it. Save it. Okay, so question number one, general knowledge. In the FBI, what does the F stand for? Uh, I'm pretty sure it stands for federal. Okay, federal. I'm just going to write that answer down because I'm going to tell you your score at the end. So federal, we're going for federal. Is that your final answer? I'm locking in, final answer. Locking in, I like that, like that. <laughs> yes, lock it in. <laughs> lock it in. So question number two. This is a football question, Joe. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll use the joker. Ooh, we've gone double points. Oh, big. Yeah. Um, I just forgot to say, you can't, if you're double pointing, you can't ask Luke the, uh, the answer for this one. All right. But okay, cool. We'll go with that. So, um, when Liverpool signed um, Van Dyke for £75 million, who did they sign him from? They signed him from Southampton. Okay, Southampton. I'm just going to write that on my little list. Southampton. That that was really confident as well, by the way. It was. Yeah. Right, so you played your joker. Good. Question number three is all about um, refereeing. Don't worry, it's not a law question, because I know you wouldn't get that one right, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> question number three is, who refereed the 2022 FA Cup final? Oh, bloody hell. Sorry, I swear. No, that's <laughs> right. We can, we can, we can, we can, we can live with that. You can also, you can still ask Luke at this point. Oh yeah, can I ask Luke, please? <laughs> you can ask Luke. Luke, can who I, referees can I ask Luke, the twenty twenty two FA Cup final? Do <laughs> <laughs> um, we get? We gonna have uh, to edit this question out? <laughs> right, Joe. Right, look. We're not meant to, we're not meant to spend too long on these questions, but let, let's go through a process of elimination. Who don't we think it is? Um, I'm trying to think through. So it, it was was it was it Craig Porson? See, I'm thinking Craig Porson because it, it it wasn't Michael Oliver because he was it, here before. It, it was it was it was it was a youngish ref, and it wasn't Paul. Was it Paul Tierney? I don't know. Well, they do like him at the minute, don't they? Right, um, and let's take your final answer, now, boys. Uh <clears throat> Um, I'm leaning more. I'm leaning more towards Craig, but I think it could be Paul. Uh, Craig Craig Porson was my <laughs> first thought. So let's go. I, I, I'm going to say Craig, but you do what you want, mate. Okay. Well, it's you isn't it? So is that are you? Are you locking it in, or am I locking it in? Well, no. You, uh, you can ask me, but you don't have to listen to me. Uh, no, um, I'll lock it and, in. Uh, and to be honest, I'd recommend not listening to me. But I'm saying Craig because I've got to give an answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to lock that in, Wayne. Uh, Craig Porson. Okay, Porson. Lovely. Number four is history. Who was the first official monarch to live at Buckingham Palace? Um, the first monarch? Yeah. You know, a king or a queen? That's a monarch. <laughs> um, <laughs> um... Are you googling? <laughs> no, I was, I was gonna say. He's really. I know it's really old, isn't it? Uh, I'll just say Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Uh, number five, geography. What is the capital city of Brazil? Brazil, uh, Rio de Janeiro. Okay. And final question then. Question number six is a uh, general knowledge again. What is the biggest planet in the solar system? 
the biggest planet in the solar system. Yeah. Um, Jupiter. Jupiter. Right, so let's go through the answers. Uh, number one, this is where I got my little special effects buttons out, Luke, you like this. Good. Question number one, you said FBI Federal. The yep. answer is Federal. Well done. Can you hear that? Lovely. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> Good. You got it right. One point. Question number two. Um, you said, uh, this is a double pointer, so it's worth two points. You said that uh, Virgil van Dijk signed from Southampton. Let's have a look. Correct. He was very, I can guess myself. He, was, he didn't come from Celtic there, so I was not buzzing with that one. Ooh, so he was very confident with that answer as well. He's on so three points. Surprised. On three points. So, the next one you said... Uh, it was Craig Pawson who refereed and not Paul Teeney. <gasps> Correct answer was oh. Craig Pawson. Big relief. And then uh, for question number four, you said that um, the first monarch to live at Buckingham Palace was Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> Incorrect, I'm afraid, boys. It was Queen Victoria. Yeah, it's quite old, isn't it? It is quite old. And then in question five, you said the capital city of Brazil was uh, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, I've got that one wrong, haven't I? It's not. It's a common mistake. It's Brasilia. Uh, and then I'll never forget it now. <laughs> I mean, and this podcast is all about education as well. Uh, and then the final question, you said that... Um, Largest planet in the solar system was or is Jupiter. Of course it is. So that's one point for uh, Federal, two points for uh, Southampton, so that's three, one for Pawson, that's four, and you've got the last one as well. So that's five out of eight. Five out of eight, Luke. What do you reckon? Uh, I'd, I'd say it's a solid start. Solid start. And uh, let's look at the bright side. You're on the top of the leaderboard. Oh, brilliant. Am I the only one? Or? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, the end of, that's the end of the features. <laughs> right, Joe, I know you, uh, big, yeah. you're otherwise occupied this evening, so enjoy the rest of your evening, and we will catch up soon. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Take care. <laughs> nice one. Thanks, Joe. So, episode six done, Luke. How do you think it went? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think the the chat with Bev is is one that we need to do more often on this podcast. Just highlight the views of people outside of refereeing, of referees, and um, particularly when it's someone like Bev who is in a position where it can affect a referee's career. So, I, I really enjoyed that chat, mate. Yeah, it was good. And uh, you know, listening to um, Rob and and Joe as well, um, you know. The little insights into uh, into our podcast has been good. Well done to our social media director who's still putting stuff together. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, up the number of Facebook and Instagram followers this week as well. Um, we will join you again next week for episode seven. We've got some good guests coming up as well. Some uh, some big names in uh, North Ants referee, and it's going to be interesting to hear their viewpoints. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And and I think we've touched upon football community, referee community. Um, and yeah, we, we, we're happy to be servicing those communities, but also bring them together. Thanks, mate. We'll, uh, we'll catch you all again next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Nice one. Bye-bye.